airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. That's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. the Addison's. On American Family Radio, it's the Friday edition of Aaron the Addison's. Mm-hmm. We call it the Gumbo Show, but today I think we're calling it Q&A with Will and Mickey. We kind of <laughs> okay. mentioned that's, that's this yesterday. It's gumbo. It, it's still gumbo. Because you, you know, um, yeah. We can let me give the number so we can start to get the phone lines queued up. If you listen on a regular basis, if you were listening yesterday, we already kind of set up um, what we were <laughs> what we were willing to do uh, today. You know, by way of a Q and A. Mm-hmm. Let me let me do this before I give the number because some people and this you know just was <laughs> dropped in my spirit. Um, some uh. people <laughs> don't know what questions to ask, so you want to ask a question. All right. Your question, and not to sound like a university professor where I'm trying to, you know, give you your thinking points. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Not at all. Not the same thing at all. Um, but, you know, you're going to want to ask, you know, so when did you guys meet? You know, the easy stuff. The, <laughs> you know, the softballs where we can just hit them back to you <laughs> like that, you know. Um, nothing like, when was the last argument that you had? How'd you resolve it? None, none of that. You understand? You understand? None of that. Okay. <laughs> I'm totally kidding. No, but it is Friday. Q&A with Will and Miki. And yes. uh, we, you know, kind of um, hesitated to do it in this form. We've done this before when we did the morning show because um, we did the morning show for six years. So, you know, you become family. You have an audience of people who know you. And, mm-hmm. and so the questions can, you know, come from a place of we kind of know you. And uh, I guess we have been in this time slot on this network for a year, a little bit, just a little bit over a year. And um I mean that's enough time. <laughs> <laughs> I think but so. But you'll you'll really you'll really tell us if that's enough time. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Uh Q&A with Will and Mickey, you can get your calls queued up. And also, let me just say this too. You know, we kind of do a recap on Fridays looking back on some of the show's topics. So, if there's anything that we've discussed this week that you want to talk about, um, maybe you weren't able to get through. Um, the phone lines are wide open, so we have a greater opportunity and a greater likelihood to get to your call today. So Sherry B. is over in Studio CC. The number is 888-589-8840. Mm-hmm. Um, Will the Great, we yeah. continued talking about Margaret's call yesterday. Yeah. Um, you know, that's one of those questions where, because her question, if I'm remembering it correctly, was um, is there any scriptural support now i can't remember if she said for restoring a person who um or restoring a leader who falls or not back to their position i I, I thought i don't know if it was a specifically like a pastor or anything like that but i think it's i think it was uh like back to that same position Mm -hmm. uh, of leadership yes yes and so um Bishop, what have you arriven at? <laughs> wow. I mean, uh, I'm just asking, you know, because, you know. Yeah. The, yeah, go ahead. Well, I mean, I think it depends on on what, what has happened, you know, because um, when you talk about certain things, certain things may, like, 
not be let let me just give an example mm-hmm. like we've talking about a pastor that's that's fallen into an adulterous um relationship yeah you know i think man it this is what i've seen i've seen where churches try to do restoration and try to you know um mm-hmm. you know and sometimes that pastor don't they're like no nah, i'm not doing that they don't want to go through the they steps don't want to go through the steps yeah, yeah i think that pastor or that person is disqualified mm-hmm. i you know um now if a person will go through all the steps and everything i think they that the 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 goal should be that they would be restored to christ like to to their relationship Absolutely. with god yeah. and to the fellowship of the uh, of the believers not to a certain position you know if the yeah. goal is that we're just trying to get this pastor back in i think that's wrong yeah. You know, that yeah. shouldn't be the goal. And I think sometimes that's the goal. A lot of times yeah. I think that may be the goal. So mm-hmm. I would I would say first there have to be a, a show of like repentance. Mm-hmm. You, you know what I'm saying? And a yeah. willingness to go through the steps, you know, uh, as laid out biblically, you know. Um, and then from there, I think it should be a, a, a restore back to the community of, of faith. Like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think there should be a rush to like. Uh, put a person back in a certain position and a person may not be able to get back in that same position because they maybe their name is is not i was you gonna know, ask you about they don't have that. a good name outside from outside or within like that what 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 may have been done may have like tarnished that man forever it could have yeah you know yeah like and that was gonna be sort of the basis for my question and and which understanding i think you know, there are elders who are set up at various churches, right? You know, we see this in the scriptures where um, the apostle Paul installed elders, right? And so you would imagine that each congregation would have the proper leadership in place to prayerfully execute what the will of God is for that local assembly. Mm -hmm. Um, In addition to that, I would wonder if what the Bible expressly laid out then gets compromised. Like if you look at Titus, um, Titus chapter one, Mm -hmm. and then you look at first Timothy chapter three, which, um, you know, lay out the qualifications of an elder. Like, do you say now we're in a place where that person has so tarnished their name and Mm. reputation Mm. that the gospel is compromised because, you know, people are saying, this is this is who you yeah. are. This is what you've done, and and I yeah. wonder if that's a weight that the church has to carry. What do you what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, yeah, I, I think you know because when when we talk about these situations like this, I think man, what is there is there a certain thing that a pastor or a leader can do that would just totally disqualify them? So I'll ask you, like, there's one thing when you say that this pastor or leader committed adultery, mm-hmm. you know, and he's willing to go through the steps and all that. You know, can this pastor be restored after some time to that same position? Man, I, I think we have to be careful about that. Because I would ask if that past if a pastor had some type of inappropriate relationship with a minor, mm-hmm. would he ever be able to be a youth pastor? Be a youth or pastor or even a pastor of the church, you know. Yeah, no, right. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think so. I don't think that would be you know, so I, I think, you know, I don't think that that would be allowed or or wise, you know, sexual sin is spoken of in strong terms in the scriptures. Like it is not something that is regarded lightly. Yeah. And I think sometimes for us, it feels like a lack of compassion 
because the temptation is ever before us to be nicer than Jesus or to be kinder Man. than the word. Yeah, right. And the word strongly condemns sexual sin. Right. But I think there are additional elements to this. You know, and we can go to the phone lines, too. But I, I know that there are additional elements to this when you look at the word of God, because yeah. you're not just talking about that person's like if there's a if there is sexual sin, um, adultery or, you know, whatever kind of immorality that is of a sexual nature. Mm -hmm. um, when you're talking about that, you're now talking about a person who wants to oversee the things of God, but he has not overseen his household well. Right. And so that's another one of those qualifications that have to be met that I think um, the church would rightly call into question. Like, right. are you qualified? Not because oh, I made a mistake, but like, what are the things that led up to that? And I think that's right. what each congregation under um, strong leadership yeah. has to has to arrive at. You know, how did we get here? Yeah. Um, and and you know, because these things are often like, you know, they, they didn't just happen. You right. know what I mean, like there's been other stuff that's been going on. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the things that the church is often charged with um, and I think we have to be very clear on whatever position we take. It has to be in line with the scriptures. But man, when a person falls, they are restored to the Lord. Like there's nothing in the Bible that says a person can, you, you have sinned in this way. You are not to be forgiven, you know? Oh, no. But I think yeah. the conversation is, are they restored to the position that they once held? If specifically speaking, they're a pastor, they're in a position of leadership yeah. within the local congregation. And, and I would say this real quick before we go to the phone. I think what we need to look at as the body of Christ is, you know, on the front end, having mm -hmm. strong eldership, having yes. strong accountability, like not having loopholes within the system, so to I say, agree. to where you can uh, this uh, we we'll let you slide with it. Like then it, and it, there should be a, a, a strong accountability among mm -hmm. the eldership and you know the leaders within a church. You know before we even get to like like it's, there should be some friction happening. Uh, some like man, I have a blind spot here that my brother is able to see before yes. I can even get to a point, you know, and should be called out and, you know, in a loving relationship, you know what I'm saying? As yeah. brothers in Christ, you know, before we get to this point, why can't we have that? Why it has to yeah. be, you know, and I think it takes much humility, much transparency, which a lot of times men, we, we, we are bad at, you know, mm -hmm. to, to have someone that, that's able to speak into our lives and to be able to see those things close enough to us to see those things yeah. and be able to say, hey, Will, you're, you're, you're kind of your lax right here. Like I mm -hmm. see this and I'm not and, and I not get offended. You know, or if it hurts me, it probably will hurt me. But yeah. I'm able to shake it off because I know that this brother loves me yeah. and that I need to take inventory on what this is. Like we need to start there before, yeah. we can, you know. Yeah, it's the Apostle Paul. I'm sorry that it hurt you, but I'm not sorry that it hurt yeah. you because it led to repentance. It's yeah. it's 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 that type of thing. So anyway, um, I'm sure that there is an entire show that would be done on this where you would bring in a panel of elders to have this kind of yeah, discussion. Um, I will say this and then we'll go to the phone lines. So mm -hmm. I'm just going to touch on it and then we'll go to the phone lines. But mm -hmm. I think the conversation is a little bit different, just just slightly mm -hmm. um, as it pertains. And, and I think that what Margaret, our sister Margaret, was asking about maybe um, was Jerry Falwell and with Liberty University, mm -hmm. because she didn't specifically say a pastor, but I, I think it was a person in leadership. And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think the question is, and then we'll go to the phone lines. I think the question is, is Liberty University a um, church institution? 
Yeah. You know, or is it's it not a, a church, but is it a church institution? <laughs> and here is what I would I would I would strongly suggest that it is a church institution. It has biblical parameters. It has yeah, but requirements. It's run like a, it seems like it's run like a, a <laughs> an organization business type thing. Like when you look at the contract and, you know, his severance mm-hmm. and how it was. You can't see that's the problem, too. We want to have both. We want to want it to be ministry when it's convenient. And then it's like business. Like, I, I don't. Yeah, but I think overwhelmingly it's ministry. I think overwhelmingly uh, mm. it's a church institution. Like you, I mean, you watch the news coverage on this and it, you know, it's not Liberty University. It's Christian University yeah. Liberty, you know, or Liberty University. However, I was watching someone cover it yeah. on in a secular news outlet. And I think they said Man. Liberty University, the Christian college or Christian university or something like that. Right. It's attached to Christ's name. And I think because of that, it has to be handled in a way that gets as close to the word of God and, and doing things for the glory of God as possible. That's, I would just say it that way. Yeah. You know, I agree. Where do we go first? Will the great. All right. Let's go to uh, Stacy in Louisiana. Hi, Stacy. Hello. Hello. Hi. So I'm a homeschool mom mm-hmm. and uh, we have a 13 year old who absolutely loves listening to your show and oh, wow. really all of the AFR programs, awesome. um, That's awesome. especially, you know, like Abraham Hamilton. And we love Will when you join him. <laughs> oh. So uh, we just love it. And he loves it. And I watch him, his, it, like, he just gets it. He gets what y'all are saying. He mm. loves the Lord. And I'm so thankful for you guys. Praise and so God. I know that you are, your family, you homeschool. Mm-hmm. And I, so really my question is, um, how do you, um, how do you, how do you balance it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> because question. it's hard. It can be hard, but it's so fruitful and mm-hmm. so wonderful at the same time. Yes. Thank you for that. Stacey. So thank you so much for that, that question, Stacey. And thank you for calling and such a wonderful encouragement to hear about your 13 year old year old. I would like to say, um, glory to God for him. Amen. Like, Praise God, you know, when we see our kids desiring um, the things of God and, and really wanting to be engaged in that way, it's such a blessing and such an encouragement. And I can hear the music, so I know this means that we're going to go to break. So, Stacy, if you keep listening, um, Will and I will both respond to your question here because it is taxing mm-hmm. um, to educate your kids at home and to disciple them and to shape character. It takes a lot more work. It's a lot more labor-intensive. Um, but we don't regret it, not even for one second. And so we'll talk practicality a little bit um, on the other side of the break. This is Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We'll be right back. I won't complain because I know that he's working it out for my good, so I trust him, I'm certain. There's not a problem, my face too big for the Lord. My kids, I just cast them and give to the Lord. So I won't complain because it could be worse. I can walk and see, but they could have been in reverse. And he burst the life when he could have just left him dirt. Left him dirt by the job when I could be out of work. Welcome back to Aaron Addison on American Family Radio. It's our Friday gumbo show. It's also a Q&A day. Uh, with the Addisons, I'm Uh-oh. Miki. And I'm Will. <laughs> and that's Pete Lo Jetson featuring Jay Carter. I won't complain. Yeah, so and neither will I. Um, Sherry B <laughs> is over in Studio CC. She's queuing up calls at 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. The break grabbed us before we could uh, respond 
to Stacy's call um, as a homeschool mom listening to us in Louisiana. She's asking the question, um, knowing that we are a homeschooling family, how do we balance it all? Um, I'm not so sure that we really strive to balance things. I, I really think that what we aim to do is glorify God. Mm-hmm. So we're trying to be led by the spirit of God. I will say practically what that looks like is will is up before me and I am up before them. It's a bad day if like I'm getting up with them. You know what I mean? Like it's not going to turn out well for anybody. Like we're not, we're not all in this together like that, you know? (laughs) So, um, so we have to have um, a disciplined way that we approach the day. And then one of the things that we've made central to our educating our children is robust discipleship and training in the word of God. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing in the morning. That's right. That's, that's what kicks off our day. Yes. And um, we're not content that they would just read a couple passages and tell us what they think about them. Yes. Um, that not, no knock to that. I mean, that's okay. But we spend a, an incredible amount of time discussing where we're going to go next and, and how we're going to execute that. Um, I have the gift of teaching. Mm-hmm. And so it comes naturally for me. And I enjoy the research and the study of the scriptures to be able to teach it to them mm-hmm. because it's different in teaching the scriptures to children, right? You've got to find a way to make sure that they understand what the scriptures are saying Mm -hmm. without compromising the integrity of the scriptures. That's right. Right? Like you're not going to, you're not going to dumb it down, but you are going to teach so that they understand and can conceptualize. And we've seen that change over the years, right? Yeah. So that's how the day starts. I will tell you, we have a very strict uh, schedule that we try to keep. Now there are different things that happen because as, as well, Will and I are activists. We work for a ministry organization and we take that work very seriously. Mm -hmm. So at different times, there are meetings and there are interviews in addition to what we do here Mm -hmm. for one hour a day. But there are meetings and there are other interviews and there are different articles that have to be written. And so what we rely on is our kids respecting the order of the family and respecting the way we've put things into place. We have a dry erase board that um, has the time and the subject that each kid is working on at that time. Mm-hmm. And then we also have, um, <laughs> we have alarms that go off. Yeah. It's time it's like, for you to switch subjects. It's like the bell, the school bell. It's, the bell's ringing. <laughs> and uh, and so, um, <laughs> so they know when that bell goes off, you should be moving on to that next subject. One of the things that we tried to do early on was teach our kids to learn teach our kids to process, teach our kids to think critically. So having laid that as a foundation, we are not lecturing them all throughout the day. Right. They know how to read. Right. (laughs) Right. So if you can read, you can learn. And uh, when they are stuck on subjects, when they are stuck on a particular topic, then they will come to us and ask questions. Um, I will say this. One of the things that's really important to me, and this has been important from the beginning, Will the Great, Another one of the reasons I would call him Will the Great. Um, I have never felt like the kids are just mine. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's all you. I, I, I have the sense here, and you can help me out, Will. Mm-hmm. We're a family. And so I've never felt like, oh, I need to go do this. Can you babysit? Or I need to do right. this. Can you help me with the no, kids? Like no, we it's, all. It's a team. I, I, effort uh, yeah definitely yeah that's so foreign to me i've heard people talk in terms of that like right. yeah the kids are my thing like right man and it kind of i grieve about that because i'm like man it's it's a family unit well, like we all in order for it to work you know with yeah. all the things that we are responsible for it has to be all hands on deck you that's know? right and um 
there are times where I just have to jump in and do something, you know, because I, I guess I would, like you would say, I would serve as the principal, yes. <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, the principal has to teach sometime too. And so like right now you're working <laughs> with the two younger boys, yeah. um, teaching them to read and training them in doctrine for their age group. So yeah. you've gone back Doing, to a book that you used to do. With oh the man, big it's three. an awesome book. Too. That they outgrew, but yeah. you got to revisit it, which we'll be doing this again with the next one. And they're starting like, to, they're starting to yeah. want to read, want to, uh, at first they're like, oh, the book again. I'm like <laughs> The book. <laughs> the book. Not the book, but Not now the they, book. they're asking me about the book. So it's good. Yeah. Did we read? Are we going to read? changing. <laughs> yeah. And so, so that's going on. I mean, and look, and, the, and sometimes the nights are long. There are those transitional periods. Like um, right now we're in this mode where everyone's kind of finishing up their various lessons and books and so there are tests that have to be given mm -hmm. and so that that's intense right well like that's one of those things yeah. where it's more like everybody's bringing their thing to me you know and they're like okay i'm done with this what's next and so we have to kind of slow it down mm -hmm. we have to say hold on your call will be answered in the order received okay you know <laughs> right. <laughs> right. so yeah. you go work on that i'm sitting down with this one because we want to make sure that everything has been fully processed and so you have those things but one of the things that we don't do is just say you know everybody's gonna get the same amount of time different kids require different things right like right one may be better in certain subjects like with math or something like that and they're yeah. able to do a lot more on their own and, on and their they can own. catch the concept and stuff like that where you have to like sit down with another you know and, and actually go through the stuff uh more detailed that's right um but that's just knowing your children they all are different that's you know? right that's right. And I will say this one other thing here, and then we'll go to the phone lines. I have no guilt about the work that I do. Uh, for some reason in our culture, moms carry a lot of guilt, um, especially if you're a mom that works in addition to the work you do inside your home, working outside of your home. Yeah. There's a lot of guilt associated with that. I don't carry any of that guilt. I used to, you know, because I had this perception that a mom's day is supposed to be 100% just fixed on her children. Right. Mm. Like, that's it. Like, I'm I'm their best friend. I'm their playmate. I'm, I'm there doing all of these things. And really being a keeper of your home requires so much more than just sitting on the floor and building blocks. Now, that's fun. Mm -hmm. And we'll do that when we have time to do that. But I have learned that to be able to say to the kids, OK, you know what? I got to step away. You guys are going to have to entertain yourselves. I've got a deadline. I got to write this and I need to go finish. And mm. so I'm, I'm going to go do that without guilt. That is what families have done for centuries, yeah. working toward yeah. an end that is good for their family, right? right? Like a mom going out to bring in crops is not going to come back crying. I'm sorry. I had to go and gather up the corn. We just need it. No, that's what you do, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's the work that you do. And so that's why I say this American ideal that we have about the mom just sitting at home and, and understand what I mean when I say that, okay? And, and just thinking that's the full scope of what I do, there's so much more to it than that. Remember, you're first and foremost the help me to your husband. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we get that out of whack. <laughs> Moms see the kids as like, that's my commitment is yeah. to them. That's not biblical. Oh, and people don't like it. It's hard to, it's right, Will? Yeah. It's hard to. No, you're right. You're I right. myself struggled with it in the beginning, but leave it to Will the Great to set the record straight. <laughs> he would say, I'll say this and we go to the phone lines. He would say, Miki, you and I are the unit. These children have come into the unit. They mm -hmm. have come into our family, but you and I, even if we didn't have kids, we are a family. We are a unit. 
It's going to be you and I when they're gone. And that that was something that in the beginning was like that was hard for me. Mm. Right. Like I, I, you know, anyways, <laughs> but I'm so glad that, you know, when you turn to the scriptures and you see your husband's not just being mean. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It's for the health of the family. It's Amen. for the health of the family. So anyway, well, the great. Where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Chris in Tennessee. Hi, Chris. Uh, hello, uh, sir and madam. Thank you for uh, having me on the show. It's funny uh, that you ended right there because um, anyway, uh, so I, I had a little bit to say. I wanted to, so I wrote it down so that I, I wouldn't ramble and I'm rambling sure. already. So I'll just jump right into it. <laughs> uh, I wanted to equip the men and your audience with something that God has revealed to me in my life. Having authority over your household does not mean you're a dictator. It means you're held accountable. Mm -hmm. Uh, If things are in disarray in my household, God isn't going to look to my wife and say, what did you do, Ray? He's going to come to me and say, I gave you authority. I left you in charge. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you do your job? Mm -hmm. Um, Being the head of the household means that I get the final say. For example, my wife comes to me and says, I think we should do X. I say, no, I don't think that's the way it should be done. She Mm -hmm. says, roger that and looks for another way. Now she comes back and says, I found Y and Z, but I still think X is the better option. Sometimes I'll say, I see your point. Let's go with X. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I'll say, I see your point, but I still don't want to do X. Let's go with Y or Z. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Finally, I'd like to share a lesson learned. Um, My wife wanted to do something. I didn't think it was the way it should be done, Um, but I didn't say anything. Um, When it failed and I got frustrated about it because I thought it was the wrong uh, thing in the first place, God pointed out to me that it wasn't her failure. It was mine. Mm. I failed to indwell the authority that God ordained for me. So I had to turn that frustration back on myself as shame Mm. because I had messed up. Mm. Good points, Chris. Thank you. Man, that is excellent, Chris. Thank you so much for that. Man, that is. Man, those are excellent points. And and I will tell you, the problem usually comes in, and in, in one of the points that our brother Chris just made, the problem comes in when the wife goes to the husband and says, mm-hmm. I think we should do it this way. And the husband says, no, I don't think we should do it that way. Mm-hmm. The wife can choose to submit to her husband mm-hmm. and do it the way that he has suggested. And this is what I always add to that, hoping and believing and wanting what he has suggested to give us the positive outcome. And and the wife should feel secure as well because yes. like this load is is on the oh, husband. Amen. And not that she wants him to fail or anything because she knows that that would mean ultimately everybody, you know. But yes. but she don't have to like worry about about it because she can yes. trust her husband to make hopefully the godly decision <laughs> that's, that's t- right, you know, and, and she don't have to take that upon herself. And I think that's the release that, that, that wives should feel and be free to feel. Yes. Amen. Amen. I agree. Where do we go next? Will the great. All right. Let's go to Wesley in Arkansas. Hi, Wesley. Hey, how y'all doing? Doing good. Hello. I really appreciate your show. And I appreciate actually the new con- new content that AFR has brought in in the last year or two. It's been great overall. I really appreciate that. And I appreciate you guys again. Awesome. Um, I wanted to touch on something that y'all had said earlier. This is not my question. I'll get to my question. But earlier you were talking about, you know, raising somebody back, back up into authority has fallen into some sin. Mm-hmm. Um, I think God would say, I'll just touch on that. I think, um, you know, God would want us to show the signs of repentance. And there's a verse that came to my mind about where Paul wrote to Timothy, you know, about laying hands on no one suddenly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that would kind of fit in the sense that um, you'd have to be really cautious 
when you're raising somebody up into a mm-hmm. position. Mm-hmm. In that case, of course, he was talking about new people, but I think it holds true for you know bringing somebody back into a position again. Mm-hmm. Really wanted to be cautious. But anyway, my my real question was, um, I'm dealing with. I felt like God called me to try to um, bring reconciliation, you know, between Christian brothers and sisters, black and white, um, mm-hmm. and to maybe start in our area. So I started, I started calling pastors and started meeting them t- together, meeting with them. And um, I'm finding it a difficult nut to crack. Um, I just, I was feeling frustrated, feeling like, you know, some of my brothers and sisters are just getting only one side of the story and they've been maybe influenced um, by, by the world really, mm-hmm. or what the world is speaking and not really what God is speaking or allowing the Holy Spirit to show them uh, other things. And yeah. I was really trying to um, to break in and find a way to, to open, you know, and I wanted to be open too because, hey, man, I can, I can easily be wrong. I'm wrong often, so mm-hmm. I can easily be wrong. But so I wanted to give them that opportunity. But um, what I'm finding is that I can't find many people who even want to talk. Mm-hmm. And the few that have been open to talking, when I start, as soon as I start sharing some points, hey, have you seen this? Have you seen this? What do you think of this? Um, they're nowhere to be found again. You know, I think I've really upset some of my brothers and sisters. I'm trying to be open. I said, hey, I got some stuff to share. I'm totally open to hearing whatever you got to share because, you know, I may not have a full perspective either. We all know in part and prophesy in part. But um, I just wanted to ask you all if you had any advice what what can we do to try to bring some reconciliation, you know, between mm. our black and white brothers who have maybe a different perspective, you know, hearing the different voices spoken, you know, and uh, how do we get on the same page? Um, and how do how do we come to the table together in the first place? Just yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. That's a great question, Wesley. I, I would start off by saying, and I'm not this is not a throwaway at all, but that has to be saturated in prayer, and and this is why. Because this is spiritual, the things that are going on mm-hmm. and even the, the blockages and the hindrances, yes. spiritual in nature. Sometimes we look at the people and we say, oh, man, we can't get together as, you know, black or white. But there's, there, there are real spiritual forces that are warring to keep division and divisiveness, you know, mm-hmm. with, even within the body of Christ. And so the efforts have to be saturated with prayer. Amen. And, you know, we have to be open to hearing what the spirit is saying for us to do. How what steps are we to take, yes. you know, uh, in, in order to, to to make this thing happen? What what God is calling for you to do? So my first thing I would say is it's not a throwaway at all, man. We have no. to be prayerful because we are dealing with principalities, powers, right. you know, spiritual wickedness in high places, all that stuff that is talked about in Ephesians. We're, that's mm-hmm. that's what's behind a lot of this. Uh, stuff that we're seeing manifested within people. And so uh, I would start there and I, and I would say, man, you know, don't be weary in your well-doing because, yeah. you know, you will reap if you don't faint. If that yeah. is, it's going to be hard because it is like coming up against, you know, a, a, walking up against a brick wall, you know, and people, because of the divisiveness of the situations that's, that's happening right now, people are turning off and just like, uh, this person is racing. I don't want to hear that, you know, and they're not really even listening. But I would say, you know, be encouraged uh, to continue, but to really pray and intercede on behalf of those uh, pastors and leaders and, and people that you're trying to talk with. That's the first thing I, I would say. Yeah, I will add to that on the other side of the break, because I think in addition to starting there and, and building on what Will the Great just said, I think there may be something also that even in 
as our heart desires to see a change, mm-hmm. there might be something that is more within reach that we overlook. And I'm mm-hmm. gonna I'm gonna throw out what I think that might be on the other side of the break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. Yeah. Danger, giants, battle is my story. But alone, I won't know. That's my glory. Shadows, you cannot hide me. Uh, my king will fight. The God of angel armies is always by my side. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. It's the Friday editions Q&A with Will and Miki. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's KB with Armies. Sherry B is over in Studio CC taking your calls at 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. And uh, our brother Wesley uh, mm-hmm. called us from Arkansas. I just wanted to add one more thing to everything that you've said, Will the Great. Um, I think it is vitally important for us as Christians to always build genuine relationships with each other in the mm-hmm. body of Christ, not necessarily from the um, the perspective of, okay, man, there's something going on. We need to bring about a change. And how do we do this? That is great. Mm. But I think it's also important for us to have those types of um, new natural, because born again, new mm-hmm. nature, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's important for us to have those kinds of new natural friendships that when we see things happening like this in the culture, you already have a foundation that you have built. That's just, it's, we're just brother and sister. So we can talk about these issues that don't seem to be weighted by the issues themselves. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like we've already been in fellowship. And so what I would say to our brother Wesley is the, my encouragement would be let the desire be for there to be those genuine relationships that you have where you have people who don't look like you who have been to your home, who have eaten a meal with you Mm -hmm. and you've been to their home and you've eaten a meal with them. And you know, (laughs) what's that's supposed to be normal in the church, right? Like the diversity is God's idea and bringing a, bringing different people together under one banner, the Lord, Um, That's God's idea. And so if we can get back to that, not from a place of like, okay, um, I don't see what you see. And not that it sounds like the way that I'm saying it, you know, but that because we have things that we're discussing among our brothers and sisters in the Lord. But I mean, long before we've been at this point, it's been like, what did you put in those green beans? Because those (laughs) green beans, man, they were like so good, you know? And so it has nothing to do with, (laughs) The drama that's happening right now, the relationship is built around like, oh, my goodness, that is I love that dress. Like, you know, man, where do you kids play sports? And so I think in the body of Christ, we've got to get there. We've got to get to the point where we show the world what Jesus Christ has afforded us. And it's a unity that they know nothing about. Yeah. Amen. Where do we go next? Will the great. All right. Let's go to uh, Terry in Oklahoma. Hi, Terry. Hi, how are you doing? I, I love your show. Thank you. Um, God bless you. I, I was just, I don't know if this is a different point, but I was uh, regarding the uh, the presidential campaign of the last four days, uh, which was very uplifting. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, 
moved from Chicago. We moved from Chicago early in the in the fifties, and my parents moved to a place called Robbins, Illinois, mm-hmm. and it was a predominantly black town, but it was integrated, and everybody got along in our little bubble, and we had the belief that we could do anything. We would watch, you know, the patriotic shows, and we hear people say that anybody in the world could, anybody in the United States could be president. And we were brought up with that, believing that we had, we had black police, we had black uh, store owners, we even had a black airport, but the mm. tornado came and blew it down. Mm. And uh, so when we got to Chicago, it was a whole different thing. You know, like, it was like, we can't do that. And everybody was surprised when they saw a white, oh, I mean, a black clerk in the department store because it was so long. And we said, what's so big about that? We even had a black millionaire in our town. I think it's just that our inspiration is not, you know, we don't have the role models that we had, but we had role models then. Mm-hmm. And we just thought that we could do do everything. And so it turned out that we weren't so naive at all because we did wind up having a black president, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and uh, also... We, uh, we even knew there was struggle because my sister in, in, in Robbins, Megger Edwards' brother was there, and he knew about the struggle before his, his brother got assassinated. But yet um, he became the the mayor of the same time that his brother got assassinated. Yeah. And that's what I just wanted to say. We can't do, and we didn't wait for somebody to come up and clean up our neighborhood. We did it ourselves, but it seemed like yeah. in a bigger city, they don't want to do, oh, we can't do that. So why not? Hmm. You know, right. that's the question. Why not? So that's, that's just what I had to say. Thank Man, you. that's well, a great you, Terry. point, Terry. Yeah, thank you right. so much for calling in. And I, you know, I think to the points, um, there were several points that the president made last night. And, you know, I think that one of the things, and, and I think you're speaking from um, the, the more melanated perspective, right? One of the things that we need to see is that in the last three and a half years, there's been an incredible amount of opportunity afforded um, to African-Americans or black Americans or however it is that we're called in this country. But there's been incredible opportunity afforded just by the government getting out of the way, Mm. just by people taking their hands off things and people being able to um, live their life. (laughs) Yes, I can do. Okay, I'm ready. Let's go. Just get out of the way. And I, I really think that gets back to the basics of what really has driven, um, man, I, and I hate to describe it this way, you know, um, but what has really driven sort of black fight. It's not for special privileges or special rights. It's just, I just want the same. Mm-hmm. I just want the same. Like if I sink or if I swim, just let let me, give me access to the water. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And in some instances, in you know, like real sense, you know, but mm-hmm. give me access to the water. Maybe yeah. I'll sink, maybe I'll, I'll swim, but just don't, don't block. And I think that's what this president has done. And he pointed it out without mincing words. And I, for one, was glad that he did. Thank you for your call, Terry. Will the Great, where do we go next? All right, let's go to Joseph in Louisiana. Hi, Joseph. Hi, how y'all doing? I'm glad I finally got through to y'all. I'm, a, I'm an old guy. I'm a baby, baby boomer. And I want to compliment y'all, uh, I'm going to say for people of y'all age, <laughs> to be thinking like y'all are and saying what y'all, everybody's younger than me. But what, <laughs> what y'all saying and the way you're thinking is, is timeless. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad I got in. There's a lot of bad things that are timeless too. But y'all give hope to the future. Mm-hmm. There's still hope for the future when I, when I listen to you guys. Now, I'm like the guy before I made some notes because this is such a good show. What y'all are saying and what the callers in is saying, I wish y'all would have been around 
when my first child was born in 1974 because I would have been a much better parent. People need to mm. take what you're saying seriously. When my third child was born, I figured out that it was our kids. I started bathing <laughs> them, feeding them, dressing them in the morning, and it was fun. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. watch them. I'd sit, I'd sit with them while they were in the tub, watch them play. Mm-hmm. Um, and somebody, somebody, and you know, talked about the preacher who's in trouble because of uh, infidelity. And mm-hmm. I've heard the Christian religion trashed because they say, oh, yeah, they always go to the worst case scenario. Guy's in prison, he's a serial killer, but he repents and he goes to heaven. Well, only God knows his heart and if he really repented or not. Mm-hmm. You know, that's right. not for us to say. And of course, a family would be suffering if something terrible happened, but that's, you know, it's really, God's going to know if you seriously had to change your heart. Mm-hmm. And preachers are born in prison. You know, they, they, they do right. Um, also, marriage is give and take. It'll teach you the meaning of give and take. Mm-hmm. You know, you give when you don't want to give and you take when you don't want to take. That's very important. <laughs> yeah, that's I've been right. married that's 40 right. Yeah, y'all, I'm sure y'all know that. Y'all are married. No, it's, it doesn't it's, take long to figure that out. <laughs> no, Joseph, you're so right, though. Yeah. I, I just One thing comes to my mind, though, as you were saying that, um, somebody said to us within the first year of our marriage, um, uh, he said, you know, people will tell you that marriage is 50-50. And so we're nodding because we'd already heard that. Mm-hmm. Marriage is 50-50. And, um, and, and he said, that's a lie. He said, marriage is not 50-50. He said, because the reality is, we each in our marriage go through different things at different times. And he said, sometimes it's going to be 90, 10, or it's going to be 80, 20, because that's all the other one has to give. And you've got to make up the difference. And that man, that stuck with us. Like, I mean, it's so true. Like Will, Will has gone through an immense loss. I recently went through an immense loss. And in the midst of that, if Will were to look at me, or if I were to look at him and say, I, that is not 50%. I mean, come on. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, dude, you know, so we have to understand that the Lord, um, when he says in the word that two is better than one. Yeah. You understand? I mean, it's just true. Yeah, it's true. Amen. And so anyway, um, thank you so much for thank your you, comments, Joseph. Joseph. We, we appreciate you. Uh, Will the Great, where do we go next? All right. Let's go to Wes in Alabama. Hi, Wes. Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Good. Hello. Well, I know you're good. Six people already asked you that. Uh, what I want to talk about is is what you were just saying about love and marriage and enough kids and, and young adults aren't being caught the difference between emotional love and scriptural love. Mm. When you give, when you say in your vows, I will love you till death do us part, that's scriptural love. And, that, and you can't fall out of it because it's a command. Being a command is something that takes action. You do it. Mm. Love your your wife as Jesus loved the church. Amen. Mm. So, and you have to keep that in your in your mind. That sometimes you might be emotionally upset at your spouse, mm. but are you loving them as Jesus loved the church? Yeah. How is Jesus looking at that person? At the moment, you're getting angry with them. And how would he react if he were in your place? And that's mm-hmm. what the command is. You can't fall out of love. You either follow God's command or you don't follow God's command. Amen. Yeah. Amen, brother. Like, Amen. I mean, there's... <laughs> 
Thank, thank you for calling in with your comments. Yeah. We appreciate it. Amen. That's right. Will the Great, where do we go next? Let's go to Libby in Virginia. Hi, Libby. Hi. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. Mm -hmm. uh, I have uh, been, my husband and I have been raising um, my great niece and nephew for the last almost eight years. Okay. And with this COVID, we have had the opportunity to jump into homeschooling like we've been trying to do, but we're afraid to jump in. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, we're in a rural area, mm -hmm. and I really thought that we were, the kids were really protected. And I tried to keep, you know, pay attention, real close attention to what they were being taught. Yeah. And felt they were pretty safe. Well, now that they're home, I am seeing a lot of things I am very disturbed about. Mm. Mm. Uh, uh, the the older one is in the eighth grade, and there were in her pre-algebra class, she had three videos to watch about sexting. Wow! Oh wow! Wow! Mm. And you know you, you pay close attention to the health class and the <laughs> mm -hmm. the civics class and the mm -hmm. you know, things that where you think things might be mm -hmm. a little inappropriate. But you don't expect them to slip it through in the math class. Right. No, come on, wow. Libby. That's right. Oh, man. man. Man, Libby, let me just say, I know. I, I think we know where you're going with this. But I, I appreciate you calling in to share that information because there are so many people, I think, who hear and who think, yeah, no, but I know we live in a small town. Mm -hmm. We're in a rural area. Like, that's not that's not in our little town, USA. Yeah. But let me tell you, the wickedness that we're talking about on a regular basis is so pervasive that it is in any town, USA. That's right. And it is infiltrating our kids' classrooms. And as Libby pointed out, not just the ones that are labeled sex ed, not just the <laughs> ones that are like, you know, civic engagement and things mm -hmm. like that, but any and every way possible, yeah. there is a war on, a that's battle right. on, for the heart and the mind of your children. And so, man, I praise God that Libby is able to actually see this yeah. and, and can, can respond to it now in an environment where she's, um, for lack of a better way to say it, in control of what, what the kids are exposed to. Yeah. So yeah. praise God. Let's try to squeeze in one more call before we wrap up for the week. Will the great. All right, let's go to uh, Katie in Mississippi. Hi, Katie. Uh, Kathy. I'm sorry. Kathy. Yes. Kathy. Hi. Hi. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to just call and say I'm of the older generation also. <laughs> okay. But um, I wanted to continue to encourage y'all mm. in your homeschooling. We actually started homeschooling before it ever became, quote, popular mm. back in the mm -hmm. 80s. Mm -hmm. And it was a struggle because we live in a small town. and uh, But we had quite a few families that were of the same mindset, so we formed a group. And I wanted to just say that both of my kids, we went all the way through high school. They both graduated with honors. They went on to college. My son made 30 on his ACT. Um, my daughter graduated salutatorian. I'm sorry, salutatorian. Um, not salutatorian. What is that? Um, That's okay. <laughs> my sorry. brain just went blank. <laughs> but anyway, and to reap the benefits. Mm. Not that was it for in college. Then the cum laude, whatever. Oh, okay. Um, oh, in college. Okay, yeah. gotcha. Yes. And the the greatest blessing is that now I'm seeing my grandchildren being homeschooled. Oh. And I tell you what, I would not have traded those years for anything. Mm. Excuse me. I lost my daughter when she was 30. Mm. And Sorry. I think back, if I had had to put her in a public school 
and be away from her for eight hours a day with a complete stranger teaching her, I would have missed so much. Mm-hmm. And they were grounded in the scripture. They were well-rounded. And I'm yeah. just very proud of both of them. <laughs> and oh, man, so I just Kathy. want to encourage you. Thank you so much. I just need to jump in because we're running out of time. I just want to leave leave the show with that encouragement that you've just this just offered. Yeah. And I think it's very sobering to think of the the time that we have with our kids and how limited it is. All right, we are out of time until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.